0: Drive around crazily till he found drugs, spend all the money he had on those drugs. He was even dealing drugs to get enough money because he From was a very gangs. heavy user. Yeah, he was dealing with bikey gangs. Oh wow. So he moved into our house right then. The next morning, he came at 8.30 in the morning carrying breakfast in bed. And we started to realize we have seen a miracle. Welcome to Real Faith. Conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through. Helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's Real People,
1: Real Life, and Real Faith with Eric Scadabo. Welcome back. Today we have part two of our conversation with Aussie Christian rockers David and Rosanna Palmer. We've been hearing their story and how they were professional musicians traveling and performing in their band, Rosanna's Raiders, when the Lord entered into their lives. When we ended last time, we heard about how their sound man was concerned about his girlfriend, who he thought was possessed. David suggested that they should talk to his brother-in-law, who is a pastor, thinking that maybe he could help. So we just jumped in the car and we went there.
2: And of course our guitarist, who was living with us at the time, he said, Oh, can I come too? So he came. Oh wow,
0: so the whole gang's (laughs) heading over to your brother-in-law. Yeah, and we got there, he invited us in, he said, what's the problem? We explained it. And Richard just said to the sound guy, he said, listen, you can't help your girlfriend till you help yourself. And by now both him and the guitarist are sitting there with these almost angelic looks on their face and they go, oh, what have I got to do to help myself? And Richard said, give your life to Jesus. And he says, okay. And the guitarist said, can I do that too? And the next thing, we couldn't believe it. Because remember, the church we grew up in, we never saw this. Mm Mm-hmm. There were both my mates, you know, one a drug addict, sound guy that was just amazing, our guitarist who used to drink and smoke like there was no tomorrow, kneeling down in my sister's lounge room giving their lives to Jesus. Oh, wow. Mm, It's like time stood still. we We were dumbfounded. And then they turned to us and said, have you already said this prayer? And as Rosanna said, we'd said it many times from the back of the book. So we're going, yeah, I guess we have. Anyway, we finished there at, what, 1, 1.30 in the morning. We got back in the car to go home, and we didn't have a band meeting. We didn't have a discussion. The drummer wasn't present, mind you. Mm. But we just knew that we had to use our music for God. And then we got pulled up by the police. And, of course, the sound guy still had his drugs.
1: In his bag, in the car. Just wait, this is driving back from this? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The same night. (laughs) The
2: same same night.
1: (laughs) And we knew this is
0: a disaster because we'd taken this risk of having him with us Mm -hmm. with his drugs. Yeah. And, you know, if the police ever caught it, we would all be in the same boat. So I was in the car and, you know, I started to pray. I'd never really prayed that much, but I was really praying that night. And one policeman took the sound guy down the road to question him. And the other one was going over the car, writing out an unroadworthy certificate, because, as you know, someone who spends all his money on drugs does not repair his car, Hmm. and it was in need of bad repair. And the policeman says, where are you from? And he said, Ferntree Gully. He said, where have you been? He said, Morwell. He said, what were you doing in Morwell? And a voice spoke to him. He'd just been giving his life to Jesus. And a voice spoke to him and said... Tell the policeman you've been to see a pastor. But he had no idea what a pastor was. So he said, I've been to see a priest. <laughs> and the policeman said, well, that's a good enough reference for us, son, on your way. <laughs> and they that's put it? us back in the car yeah. and we're driving. I can't make back. this
1: stuff up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were just sitting there, again, totally amazed. And then I got bold again. I said, you've got to get rid of your drugs. And he said, when? And I said, no. now. And all I could see was us getting pulled up again and he's got drugs in the car. So he did. He just took it all away, took it all out in his hand and just threw it as hard as he could over into the paddock and went home, you know, and
1: he never touched
0: drugs again.
1: It was wow. an
2: absolute miracle. It really
1: was. Now, you had seen him day after day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. his, his lifestyle.
0: His mm-hmm. lifestyle was sleep for three days, wake up frantic, drive around crazily till he found drugs, spend all the money he had on those drugs. He was even dealing drugs to get enough money because he From was a very heavy user. Yeah, he was dealing with bikey gangs. Oh, wow. And then he'd be awake for three days and do all these crazy things and then he would get crazily tired. He'd run out of drugs, sleep it off for three days. That's the way he lived. And that night he came back. We knew we couldn't send him back to his house. A, his girlfriend was there who was having these demonic troubles and B, bikey gangs are going to come around wanting drugs. So he moved into our house right then. He just stayed with us. And the the next day he had to kind of go and rescue his son from the primary school and bring him back to live with us too. But the next morning, remember Muso's hours were go to bed at four, get up at 12 midday. He came at 8.30 in the morning, knocked on our bedroom door because Rosanna and I were married by then, came in carrying breakfast in bed. Oh, my goodness. And you think, he's just stopped taking drugs We didn't didn't dawn on us the first day. Mm. But after a couple of days, he did the same thing three days in a row. And then we realized, and hang on, normally when he can't get drugs, he sleeps for three days and now he's only sleeping a few hours and coming in before anybody else. And we started to realize we have seen a miracle.
1: Mm.
0: This Mm. is a miracle. And, man, that gave us such momentum. And we knew we had to use our music for God.
2: We instantly started changing Mm. the words to our songs to just you know, eliminate anything that might have been suspect in any way and just, you know, just started to talk about the love of God and yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, the two of you said that you had recited a prayer to accept Jesus as your Savior that you read in the back of the book, Mm -hmm. but it sounded like that was kind of on a surface level. But now it sounds like you really owned it. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. On that night when the guys got born again, Richard said, oh, I'll pray for you guys as well, and he prayed for us. And it really was that night that we got the call of God, you know, it really Mm -hmm. changed on the inside. Mm
0: -hmm. That's absolutely right. It was definitely the call of God, and we knew we had to use our music for God. And the guitarist was saved, the sound guy, Rosanna, and I play bass guitar. Rosanna was lead vocals and guitar. And the only one that wasn't there that night was the drummer. So eventually... And so he was
1: like, what happened here? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: And he'd been in very anti-God bands prior to that. Okay. Hmm. But he was against drugs and because he, he'd had his own experiences and gotten free. And he really wanted the sound guy to get off drugs because they'd been friends before they joined us. Oh, so he was really happy, though. He He was glad that he was off drugs, but he didn't know how he got off drugs, so... It was arranged that we would go around to his house and explain this. And the sound guy rang and said, I want to come and talk to you. I'm, I'm off drugs, you know, whatever. And he kept saying, well, what's it about? What's it about? And he only mentioned, he just said, it's about God. So by the time we got to the drummer's house, he was ready for us. And he had <laughs> the garlic out on the table. He thinks that's <laughs> going to ward it all off. you know. Anyway, the sound guy told him this story about how he was off drugs now. And the drummer was just looking at him. You know, he was very, very, his face wouldn't smile or anything. He was just staring. And so we left. And then he came to rehearsal. But by now, we'd made a decision. We knew that we were going to change all of our music to be about God. And we're going to sing in the nightclubs. But we had to drop some of our most crowd-pleasing songs to do it because they were from bands that had a reputation, you see, Mm. for being demonic and everybody knew that. So we knew we had to drop these songs out. And when the drummer realized that we dropped out the best songs, he got very upset. He slammed his drumsticks down and he said, if God's got anything to do with this band, I'm out of here. But he gave us notice. He said, you've got two weeks to find a new drummer. And we knew we couldn't talk to him about God, but it didn't stop us talking to God about him. So we prayed for him <laughs> day and night. Yeah. We prayed for everybody we knew. Because Richard had showed us how to pray for our friends, how to get them saved. So we just prayed what he showed us, and we just started to list names of – we had like – what was it?
2: 10 foolscap pages?
0: Yeah, of names written. Oh, wow. All the musos we knew, and everybody we knew, and we prayed for them all one by one every day for hours we were praying. You know, that's what happened. God, You just, guys were on fire. <laughs> we don't know how it happened. God did it. It's just what – it seemed like
1: this is what we should do.
2: Yeah, we all lived in the one household, and we would just get together – you know, every night, and we just pray, pray through these names.
1: And you felt led by the Lord to continue to do the music in the nightclub scene. That, that was our living. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah. have God-oriented lyrics? Yeah. Yes. How did the people in the nightclub go for that? I mean, mostly it didn't make any difference to them whatsoever.
0: We could see one of the managers standing there staring at us. Now, we don't know whether that's because he liked the band or whether he was wondering what was going <laughs> on, but It all went well for about a year. But then we played in what would have been the biggest nightclub in Melbourne. Mm. One of those nightclubs where people queue up outside. Mm. And by then we would started learning about prayer and spiritual warfare and binding the enemy. So we had to set up in the afternoon about 3 o'clock, but we didn't start playing till 10 p.m. So we had nothing to do all this time, you know, four hours or something. We were just Mm. waiting around. So I started praying. I was praying in the band room in a nightclub. Then I went out when they started the house music and the dance music. I was walking around out there praying. No one could hear me. And I was binding this and praying against that. Anyway, we came out and played and it all went normal to us. But on Monday, the agent got a very negative phone call. Yeah,
2: and he said, I don't know what it is about that band. We had a record crowd. There were great numbers there, but we had the lowest bar take that we've ever had.
0: (laughs) And he said, we don't want them back. We don't
2: want them back. You know, no one was drinking.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And, of course, our heart was for outreach. And we realized after about a year that you can't really reach out very well in a pub. You can. You can talk to people one-on-one, and we've yeah. done plenty of that. But in plant seeds. You mm. couldn't really preach or do anything like that. Yeah. So, again, like that idea we had years before, let's become professional and didn't know how to do it, I just said, it must have been God guiding me. I said, let's go to the schools. And, of course, being practical, Rosanna said, what are we going to live on? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but I just know that if we get to the schools, we can reach them before they're drunk. And from that day onwards, God opened doors for us to play in high schools for 10
1: years. Oh, wow. Including overseas as well. Our guests once again are Aussie Christian rockers David and Rosanna Palmer from Rosanna's Raiders. And we've been hearing their story and how they all became Christians, including the drummer. As we just heard, he gave two weeks notice that he was going to leave. But David shared with me that he became a Christian in three weeks. Fantastic. We'll hear more of their story and more about their ministry when we return right here on Real Faith.